When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Could we have more going on? I'd say no. Free agent frenzy, spending spree stuff. Does any of it make sense? Kyrie goes off. Baker Mayfield says goodbye without leaving. And the biggest trade of the year is coming any minute. We're ready to do this. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, let's get this thing rolling. And our one place to start will first off be with a microphone for Mike Tannenbaum and Bart Scott. Neither one of them have microphones. They are in our studio here to uh, give us the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. But while Bart Scott is a loud talker, he's not quite loud enough for everyone in America to hear him without microphones which have not been placed on the desk. So we'll get those in here as I tell you that the most important story that will take place in this NFL offseason it is coming probably any minute. And that is Deshaun Watson being traded from Houston to somewhere. And if you're watching Get Up this morning, you're caught up on the latest. If not, let me catch you up. Adam Schefter telling us that the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Browns are the teams that have not only expressed interest, but have made offers and have spoken directly to Watson. Now, in large part, it is up to him. Apparently, the parameters of a trade have generally been agreed upon by the Texans and these other places. Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause in his contract. So at this point, it really may be as much as anything up to him to decide where he wants to go. And if you're him, it probably behooves you to make that decision sooner rather than later. So this could come today. Mike Tannenbaum, my general manager, give everybody a sense of what's going on behind the scenes right now with all parties involved. So if you're the Saints or the Panthers, one, you've talked to Deshaun Watson, you're probably recruiting him at this point because David Tepper, Gail Benson, the the respective owners have signed off, presumably because they've gone down this road. But, Greeny, another really important part of this is I want to know from the NFL office, going back to 2010, Ben Roethlisberger was suspended six games and there were never any criminal accusations. So if we're giving up multiple first-round picks and he's going to miss roughly a third of the season, we need to know that. And then there's a little bit of a cat-and-mouse game, which is while Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause, he can't miss two seasons, so he has to get a deal done. And the Houston Texans, while being aggressive, Greeny, they can't pay him $35 million not to play the way they paid him $10 million a year ago. So it's in everyone's best interest to get this done. And, and to that point, I, I, heard, I hear all of that, and I think it's all interesting. It is worth pointing out, at least Shefty said, that the parameters of a trade have been worked out. So it sounds like the Texans are good. They're ready to go wherever Deshaun decides he wants to go. So, Bart, and again, it's so complicated to talk about Watson because we understand that there's some really serious and really terrible allegations that remain out there despite no criminal charges. But we're a sports show, and this is a significant football story. Where is it that he goes that makes you say, all right, now this is 
one of the teams to beat. Well, the NFC South, right? <laughs> and I don't know everybody's on watch there. And everybody's you know, paying attention because wherever he goes, it's going to be a significant shift in the power index of the, of the NFL. But you know, I think the most natural place would be with the Saints. Now, I know that's kind of crazy because you're saying, okay, you know, there's no Sean Payton. They were $71 million over the cap. What would it cost? What can they offer? But you know, if they have a deal worked out, you know, it's a significant upgrade. You think about, you know, the, the big threes that we've had in this league. Could you imagine, you know, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas coming back healthy and, and being able to put that together with that defense? That defense is Super Bowl ready, and they've given the, the, the you know, defending chance from a couple of years ago fits. I mean, I think they've only beaten them once. You talk about, you know, the head-to-head with Tom Brady. They beat him last year with a backup quarterback, essentially. So you add arguably a top-five quarterback when he's right. I mean, I think it puts the entire league on notice. What do you think, Mike? Uh, absolutely. I think it's 1-1-A. One one and again, Dennis Allen, there's going to be continuity. Now, they did lose Marcus Williams, who's a really good safety to your Ravens, Bart. But beyond that, I think these are teams that will be 1-1-A. One one Look, I'm still going to go with Tom Brady over Deshaun Watson. But, boy, we're talking about a great rivalry. And, again, if you're the Saints, could you imagine, Greeny, you're going from a decade-plus of Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and now the baton's been passed to Deshaun Watson. You really couldn't dream of a better scenario if you're the Saints. There is a level, though, you mentioned Sean Payton, of uncertainty with that franchise, right? There's a new coaching staff in place. Is not the If Sean Payton was there, I would feel differently about this, I think, if I were making this decision. Um, I'm not sure, candidly, any but, of the places that you're going to, you feel all that solid about the organization. Well, but at least with the Saints, we saw them operate without Sean Payton when he had COVID. We've seen them operate. It's the same offense, so it's the continuity with the players that's there. And they, you know, they retained the defensive coordinator as the head coach, so now the defense is still not going to miss a beat. Right. So I think it's a better chance for them to still have that continuity you know, and, and be able to you know, bring Deshaun Watson. And that gives them something, and that offense something, that they never had with Drew Brees. It gives them a mobile quarterback somebody that can extend plays with dangerous weapons like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. And it's Pete Carmichael and Ben McAdoo are the respective offensive coordinators for those two teams. And while we could quibble about Ben McAdoo as a head coach, both those guys have the monster to leave uh, developed quarterbacks. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I, I want to talk about the ripple effects of this. Let's start with the comparatively easy one, which is Atlanta and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has been in, in, a fixture there for a very long time. He's had a terrific career, um, and he has a lot of money left. So I thought it was interesting. Like, when they had an opportunity to restart there, maybe trade Ryan and, and draft a quarterback last year, they didn't. They drafted Kyle Pitts, which made you think their vision is to build around Ryan for another couple of years and see if they can win. So explain to me. Uh, Mike, I guess I'll start with you. How does this make sense? It, it really doesn't from a standpoint of – Arthur Smith told people that he saw Matt Ryan like what they had with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, someone that they can win a lot of games with. And Dan Graziano mentioned on Get Up Green that, you know, there is a relationship between Arthur Blank and Deshaun Watson. That's where he's from. He was an Atlanta, Atlanta Falcon ball boy, so maybe they're kicking the tires. There's a $55 million cap charge if they would move on from Matt Ryan. So I think they, they are by far in third place here. Did it make sense to you, Bart? It, like, doesn't, it doesn't make sense at all. And it doesn't make sense to me from Deshaun Watson wanting to go there. It's a team that is far away. You talk about you know losing their best receiver in Calvin Ridley to a year suspension. This team has a lot of holes and not a lot of capital to really to plug them up. I don't see how that can work. I, I think for him, you know, it's it's a great thing because he wants to go back home and you know he's familiar there and, and maybe that's a, a childhood dream of his. You know, his relationship with you know Arthur Blake, also Warwick Dunn, who you know Habitat for Humanity built him and his, his family a home. But you know, I, I think that you know this is 
what, what do you do? Like, if I'm, if I'm Houston, would you want Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan's not going to win you any games in, within that division, you know, and, and not, you know, a, a real play to, to kind of give you success. You want somebody young that you can build with, and Deshaun Watson offers that. You have to go find another young replacement, if not, you know, the draft capital that you would need. Yeah, I, I thought Matt Ryan might wind up in San Francisco a couple of years ago and go back with Kyle Shanahan where right. he had all that success. So none of the things that I thought made sense happened. Uh, and so now we'll see where it goes. In the meantime, let me make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Anyone who is just joining us and may not already be aware of this, while you were sleeping, Baker Mayfield posted what can only be described as a goodbye to Cleveland. Now, he describes it as a thank you, but I'll read you parts of it here. This sounds more like a goodbye than Tom Brady's retirement posts did. He writes, the past four years have been nothing short of Cleveland. He addresses it to Cleveland. (laughs) The past four years have been nothing short of truly life-changing since I heard my name called this is not a message with hidden meaning, he writes. Whenever you say this is not a message with hidden meaning, that is the first sign that it is obviously a message with hidden meaning. He's talking about the memories we have made together. He's talking about he can only control what he can. He's talking about um, whatever my next, wherever I take my next snap, I have given this franchise everything I have. Whatever happens, I want to say thank you to the fans who have embraced me. Cleveland will always be a part of my story. I mean, that's a goodbye. He is referencing every reference to Cleveland is in the past tense. And he talks about where I'm going to take my next snap. So, Bart Scott, interpret this for me. I mean, listen, he sees the writing on the wall. And if if he's not replaced with Deshaun Watson, I still don't see them buying into him long term and and agreeing to terms. So he's going to be one of these guys that's on the market next year. I don't even see, you know, them even bothering to franchise tag him if they can't pull his deal out. I mean, the thing is, you know, Baker Mayfield is closer to Chase Daniels than he is to the elite quarterbacks within his league. And I think that they recognize that, that, listen, we can be good and we can win games, but we're not a legitimate threat, especially with all they have to do is look within the division. And with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, I mean, you would arguably say that maybe Mitchell Trubisky maybe has a higher upside than Baker Mayfield because we know what he is. And like I said, slow, short, with a weak arm, doesn't age well in this league in a division that is built on defense. So I think he sees the writing on the wall, and he missed an opportunity to sign a, a team-friendly deal a couple of years ago because he believed in himself, and he's always been that guy with the moxie, oh, I can do this, because where he come from? He came from being a walk-on to going to be the Heisman to being the first overall pick. But at some point, you know, that, that luck runs out, and it's run out, and he bet on himself, and he bet wrong. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. That's right. History is filled with a lot more people who bet on themselves and lost. We always talk about the guys who bet on themselves and win. Uh, Mike T., how, how do we read this? I mean, now you're, you're in Cleveland. You yep. don't get Deshaun Watson, and your quarterback has posted an emotional thank you to the fans. Yeah, Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski are smart, thoughtful guys. When they went down the road of saying, hey, we want to talk to Deshaun Watson, they were fully aware of what was going to happen. So to me, it's over in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. It's not a matter of if. It's really a function of when. And to me, if I'm them, it should be sooner than later because now we're stopping. Does that mean this coming year? Does that mean he's not your quarterback this year? Yes, I would move on from it because you know that he's – I would try to trade maybe to the Colts and then go take my chances with someone like try to get Jimmy G. What are you getting right now for Baker Mayfield? Maybe a third-round pick. I mean, if you're the Colts, you're desperate green because you have a good team and no quarterback. I get yeah. it. 
third round pick. I mean, this guy was the number one pick in the draft four years ago. You're going to get so a third was Jamarcus round pick. Russell. I mean, I mean, what are we talking no, about? No, I get it. So I get was, it. But I mean, so he's Sam, had moments. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell from the uh, moment so it started was, was a disaster. No, I get it. The Jets got a lot more than a third round pick. <laughs> but I got to say, yeah, I got to say, you know, it's funny. I love like some of the writing, right? The hidden language. I love the memories that that you know, like he sees it totally different than I'm sure the, the Cleveland fans see it, right? Because they're saying you're the number one overall pick. We could have got Josh Allen. We could have picked Lamar Jackson. We're stuck with you. The memories, not so great. Here's what I would say about Baker Mayfield. By the way, he signed it Baker Reagan Mayfield. <laughs> he signed it with his full middle name, not even the middle initial, which it's not really necessarily relevant to anything, but I found it interesting. Baker Mayfield, I fully agree, not a great player. I also don't think he's as bad as last year was, which is to say he made a tackle. I have been saying this forever, but yeah. you know my belief. There should be a helicopter that hovers above every football <laughs> playing field. And the minute there is a change of possession, there yeah. should be a rope ladder that drops down and the quarterback should be whisked away to safety like he's Tom Cruise <laughs> in Mission Impossible. Instead, Baker Mayfield, trying to prove how tough he is, mm-hmm. makes a tackle, separates his shoulder, and was never the same again. We weren't having this conversation about Baker Mayfield a year ago. So I think that if you get Baker Mayfield right now, you're buying low. You're, bu- you're buying as low as it's going to get. He's not ever going to be a great player, but he's better than he looked last year. Am I wrong? No, no, that's totally fair. And to take that a step further, Green, when you would juxtapose him against Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett for one year, again, if I'm the Colts, he probably gives us the best chance to win in what, let's face it, is a hugely consequential year for Frank Reich and their GM. Yeah. Who's Chris Seattle's Fowler? quarterback? <laughs> Drew Locke, but I think they're going to take probably Malik Willis. They're, they're sitting at nine. I think maybe they go in and they use that draft pick oh, yeah. because they may see a little bit of Russell Wilson, a guy that's underrated, shorter, athletic, mobile with a strong arm. If he was six six, maybe we'd have a different conversation about him. So, I mean, so now, you know, that, that also makes that, that draft spot very, very desirable because who's going to be willing to jump up and try and move up there if you can't get – if you don't have a quarterback? Right. Gr- yeah. Agree. One other, yeah, one other X factor to me is, like, there's going to be this whole strategy about Bryce Young. Bryce Young's the next great quarterback, University of Alabama 2023 draft. So, if Seattle moves back, they could be aggregating picks for next year's draft. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Uh, guys, you are the best. Again, uh, Bart, we will hear you. Barton Hahn coming up at uh, noon Eastern time here, coast to coast on ESPN Radio. Mike T, it's been a terrific week so far. We'll keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, great to have you here. As we continue in just a moment, it was the performance of the year, and I will tell you what it actually meant. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. The Scoop. And before I get to Kyrie, 
This came across late in Get Up today, and I've got Hembo, Bubba, and Nuno with us today. The Tennessee Titans have proposed a rule change for NFL overtime that I actually think I kind of like. Now, NFL overtime is something that becomes a hot topic every year in the playoffs because every now and again, Josh Allen doesn't get to touch the ball in overtime and everyone screams and yells, we need to change the rules. And I have to put up my annual reminder that any change you want to make, I'm open to, but don't ever tell me college football system is better. College football's overtime is contrived nonsense. The NFL overtime is infinitely better. By the way, don't tell the Cincinnati Bengals you can't lose the coin toss and still win. They intercepted Patrick Mahomes and kicked a long field goal. But here's the proposal from the Titans. The team that receives the kickoff. So now you win the coin toss and over time you get the kickoff. You go down, you score a touchdown. You have the following options. You can kick the extra point, in which case the other team does get another chance with the ball, or you can go for the two, in which case if you get it, the game is over. Thus, the team that touches the ball first can end the game with a touchdown and a successful two-point conversion. What I like about this is all of the strategy that is then involved. Because if you are the team that goes down and you score, let's say you're Kansas City. Let's play this out, Hembo. If you're Andy Reid and you scored that touchdown in overtime this year against Buffalo, you have not been able to stop Josh Allen to save your soul. If you give him the ball back, he's going to go down and score on you. So do you go for the two and try and end the game, but leave yourself vulnerable to you don't get the two, now a touchdown and an extra point from Allen beats you, I like the strategy element of it there. Which do you do if you're Andy Reid? If I'm Andy Reid, I probably kick the field goal. The extra point. Yes, I probably kick the extra point. It's a fun rule idea. It's a fun proposal. But regardless, I just can't be on board fully with the scenario that does not guarantee that at least in the playoffs, both teams touch the ball. For, For me, what I would do is just eliminate the kick. So both teams get to touch the ball. But there is no field goals. Every, if you're scoring a touchdown, you're going for two. To me, that's the best way to do this. That's the best way to do this. So no field goals? N- no extra points. Excuse me. There are no extra points. So if you score a touchdown, you're going for two. You are eliminating the extra point. But to me, in a playoff game, what we've learned is that both qu- we want both quarterbacks to touch the ball. And so while this proposal would be an improvement over what we have now, it is not a perfect proposal. Okay. Let me turn away from him because he's wrong. Uh, Nuno, let me come to you. What do you think of this particular proposal? <laughs> We're going to keep the field goals, right? I'm just a little confused. Wait, wait. Now, <laughs> I think he meant to say extra. Yes, I know. Point. I know. We're just having fun. Well, so the there's two proposals. The Eagles have the both teams possess the ball. Right. In no, no. That's, no I, we all yeah, know no, that this, one. That's been this, out there forever. This is a little wrinkle. Yeah, I, and I like it. I think there has to be – we pay – you know, like these coaches are paid a lot of money. You need to make decisions. You need to – you know, um, so let's do this. Let's you can score a touchdown. You get a two point conversion. You win the game fair and square. Stop complaining, uh, and I'm all for it. Yeah, see, I don't like taking the extra point out in the overtime because I just feel again it feels contrived to me. It's like play football. I, I I don't mind that the game can end, but play football. Play it the way it's it's played the rest of the time. Um, I, I, I like this proposal better than I like Hembo's idea. I've, I've, I don't feel like both teams need to get the ball. Defense hmm. is an important part of it as well. Let me get one more vote on this before I move on. Bubs, 
Uh, I think I like it. Yeah, I, I think anything you can add more, just actual strategy to it. I think it's good. Then you're, you're actually talking. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna go for what you know? How many? What's the percentage of how many times have they gone for two here? How many times has Andy Reid actually gone for two for the win? I think if you're actually adding strategy to the overtime, it's a win, and I like it. I, okay, so there we have it. The eyes have it. The three of us all like the proposal. Hembo doesn't like it, which only furthers my conviction that it's a good idea. So I feel good about it here. I, I don't forget March Madness is upon us. Brackets are open. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app. Get started on yours. You can fill out up to 25 brackets in the men's and the women's. You got a chance to win $100,000 prizes for both. For more details, see the Tournament Challenge app. All right, next order of business here. Let's get to the performance of the night that might have been the performance of the year. By now, I assume you know that Kyrie Irving scored 60 points in an NBA game last night in Orlando. He was a magician against the Magic. And what he has reminded us of every now and again this year, and I've been more in tuned, obviously, to the NBA on a day-in, day-out basis this year than I have in recent years because of of my new responsibilities here as the host of Countdown. So I've been thinking a lot about and talking a lot about Kyrie Irving, probably more than I otherwise might have. And one of the things that I think actually gets overlooked in him because of all the ancillary storylines, for which I do not apologize at all, those storylines, at least this year, have been more immediately significant than what I'm about to say. Kyrie Irving might be as gifted as any player of his size I've ever seen in the NBA. Now, he is by no means the greatest little man. How, how could someone measure him for me? How tall is Kyrie Irving? Give me what's he officially listed at? Six foot two. Do we think he's really six foot two? I don't. I mean, I don't. Well, what do, we, do you know? What do we think he is? <laughs> is he is he six? Is he even six one? No, he's probably like a good five eleven. Right? Yeah, I'm going I'm to put him right at six feet. So, so I'm going to put him in the category with. Isaiah Thomas, you know me, I, I, when it comes to the history of the game, I have my little man category. And I've always said I would take Isaiah Thomas over any of the rest of them. That includes Iverson. That includes any of them. Now, Steph has made that a little complicated. And here's what I'll say. Steph Curry is an infinitely more significant player historically than Kyrie Irving. And, and the one thing he does well, I mean, ridiculously well, he does better than anybody that ever lived. But I've been watching the game my whole life. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone who handles the ball better than Kyrie Irving does. The, the colloquial term for it, obviously, is handles. I think he has the best handles I've ever seen. But more significantly, he doesn't just use them for fun. Like, there was a guy named Marcus Haynes who used to be the fancy fun dribbler for the Harlem Globetrotters. And he could slide around on his knees. and He could do stuff with the basketball you couldn't believe. And that was very entertaining to watch. But it didn't contribute to winning. Obviously, it wasn't part of the, of the objective. Kyrie Irving manages to do that in traffic and get to the hole and finish for a guy his size better than anyone I've ever seen. I've never seen it. You tell me if you've ever seen Who am I forgetting? Like, I always thought Isaiah Thomas was fearless. John Morant gets to the basket. John Morant actually leads the NBA in points in the paint this year, which is ridiculous for a player his size. But Kyrie Irving, I think, is as gifted as any player I've ever seen. And what what you are reminded of as you watch him, I don't want to get into a whole thing now on the decisions he's making and and his mentality and all the rest of that, because that's just not a fun conversation to have. But the one thing I will say is, if his approach to being a basketball player mirrored that of Isaiah Thomas's, 
or Allen Iversons or people like that, I think we'd be talking about him in that historical context. I think he's that good. Mm. And I think that sometimes you, someone has to be in a situation like this that makes you pay even more attention to it. I mean, he's never been the best player on his own team, and his team was any good. Obviously, in the championship that he won in Cleveland, he wasn't the best player. Goes to Boston, that's an abject disaster. Right now, Kevin Durant is clearly the best player on that team, of course. So sometimes you overlook just how good he is. But my God, is he good. Like, watching that game last night was ridiculous. So you can see why... He convinced KD to come there because yeah. I'd imagine if you just practiced one time with Kyrie Irving, you would say to yourself, if I had the chance to play with this guy, I should. I, I agree with you. I watched, I watched Allen Iverson play hundreds of games. I think, I'm not sure Kyrie Irving is better, but Kyrie Irving is more skilled and, and thus probably more skilled than any player I've ever seen. Allen Iverson had heart grit and toughness that I think were were equaled only in my experience by Isaiah. Mm. Like those two pound for pound, all that kind of stuff that you would do. But neither of them were as gifted as this guy. The, the gifts are unimaginable. Nuno, is he the most gifted player his size you've ever seen? Um, I do think so. I, and, and it's amazing. And if he actually, like I think when he's out on the court and everything else, y- you see it. Uh, I do think that if he had a little bit more of that bulldog in him that we saw with Isaiah, that I think we, you know, we saw with Allen Iverson, and that Ja has, I think he would, he could potentially go down as one of the top five point guards ever. Mm. But we will, ne- but that will never happen. Clearly, clearly will not happen. And I mean, in no way am I suggesting that he should or that it should. But I have a variety. We have a guy named Matt Williams who does our research on the NBA show. He's basically the hembo of my NBA show. And he sends me these packets of notes every day. And I tried to select a few of them to read to you on the air. And I I didn't know which ones to cross out. So after scoring 50 points last Tuesday against the Hornets, Kyrie scores 60 in this game. He surpasses Darren Williams for the most points in a game in Nets history. So in consecutive games, he has scored 110 points. 110 points. Sandwiched in between those, Kevin Durant scoring 53 on Sunday. I know what you're wondering. Have any pair of teammates ever both gone for 50 in consecutive games in NBA history? I'm so glad you asked. The answer is no. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving became the first pair of teammates ever to each have a 50-point game in back-to-back games in NBA history. Both Durant and Kyrie each have two 50-point games this year. They are the second pair of teammates ever to do that in the same season. Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, 60 years ago, are the other. Kyrie Irving had 41 of his 60 in the first half. It's the most by any half in, in any half by Nets history and the most in a first half by any player since Kobe in 2003. He's the first player in NBA history to score 60 points after missing the previous game. He now has at least a share of the single-game scoring record with both the Nets and the Cavaliers. LeBron James and Wilt Chamberlain are the only other players to hold the single-game scoring record for multiple franchises. Kyrie Irving had one of the great games and is in the middle of one of the great stretches that we've ever seen in basketball history. And it is being overshadowed by, obviously, more important matters in the big, in the big picture, in the scheme of things. But I, I, think, I think last night just sort of turned a switch in me. 
And I will just say this. If there is a change in the vaccine mandate, I, I don't know that there's going to be, and I'm not here to say there should be, which is to say I believe that the rules should remain in place The rules should be based on what is most important. I don't have all the data in front of me and all the information and all the repercussions and everything else. The rules should not be impacted in any way by the basketball teams. Okay, we should not do anything that is based around what is in the best interest of a basketball team. Having said that, if Kyrie Irving is eligible to play every game, if you had to pick one team to bet on in the NBA to win the championship this year, who would it be? I would still say the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the NBA. You would take Phoenix over them if Kyrie Irving is eligible to play home games. Let me ask you this, though. Am I getting Ben Simmons? Am I getting any of Ben Simmons? You're getting something from Ben Simmons. We have no idea what, which might be nothing. So if I'm getting something from Ben Simmons, I would say they are my favorite. The Nets are my favorite because he is such a valuable piece on defense. And that would be the one question they have. Without Ben Simmons... Let's say no Ben Simmons. I'm going to stick with Phoenix. You're sticking with I'm Phoenix. Stick with Phoenix. You have to bet one. You have to bet all that. You no, know, this 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 new house that you just bought in New Jersey mm-hmm. that your wife is so proud of, so happy with. You're planting flowers. Yeah. All the rest of it here. Your 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 first home. Mm-hmm. You have to bet your. I, 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 let me make, make very clear. This is just a fun analogy here. Under no circumstances should anyone do this. But you are betting the house on one team, and you're betting it on Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Ahead of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yes, because there are other aspects to those teams that Seth inform Curry, my decision. Seth Curry, Andre Drummond. You're still betting on Phoenix. The Nets scare me a little bit still. We've seen that from Kyrie. But this, is, this can We've be... We've never seen them lose a meaningful game when those guys play well. <laughs> never. They, they've only played like 10 of them. But last year in the playoffs, how many times do I have to remind everyone this? Game two against Milwaukee last year, the Nets won by 600 points. What was the final score of that game? They won that game. I think they won that game by 30-something points, and it wasn't that close. They were going to sweep Milwaukee with James Harden playing on one leg. What was the final score? 125 to 86. That was 125 to 86, people. And Milwaukee wound up winning the championship. If those two guys are healthy, nobody beats them. Don't be ridiculous. Phoenix, get out of here. No, no. If, if, if Kyrie Irving winds up being eligible to play every single game, who wins the championship? Uh, all I'm saying is, Hembo, I will enjoy and take good care of those mums that uh, Lindsey planted <laughs> because there's no way that the Sun— It's the Nets, unfortunately, that they win the title if Kyrie is engaged and plays in every game. Bubba. Right now, I'm telling you that the, the, the vaccine mandate has changed and Kyrie plays every game. Who wins? It's not even a question. It's the Nets. I agree. I mean, I, we all, we're all on it. You're at least going to give me the Nets in the, in, the, in the East? I would give you the Nets in the East. So the Nets in mm-hmm. the East, but you still take Phoenix. I'm taking Phoenix. I'll tell you right now, I don't even think Phoenix is going to make the final. Golden State? If, if Draymond Green's back is okay, then I will take Golden State to beat them. So to I beat them? To, to beat the Suns. Oh, not to, to beat the Nets? No. I'll take the Nets over the... Over my everybody. prediction right now is Nets over Warriors in the finals and give us seven games, and we'll be going back and forth with the crew here between Brooklyn and San Francisco. Build up some frequent flyer miles <laughs> for Greeny in the finals. We'll see how that goes. Right, we got to get to all the baseball stuff here. We got Don't fill out your sheet of integrity till you hear what we have to tell you. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ready to go right now. Green light with Greeny. I'm going to give the green light to Hembo here because while uh, pro football is being sort of redistributed right in front of us as we speak, no sport is being more so that than baseball. Um, as they came to terms last week, as everybody knows, on a new collective bargaining. And there were literally hundreds of players waiting for new teams, and we're seeing them all get themselves into new places. So, Hembo, give the fans out there who may not be paying close attention what are the most important things they need to know. Yeah, my, my biggest takeaway yeah. from the offseason so far, Greeny, is that the Yankees, the New York Yankees, are in trouble. In trouble, Nuno. The Yankees are in big trouble, and I'll tell you why. Over the last few days, the Yankees have totally remade their infield. Overnight, they signed Anthony Rizzo to a two-year deal. He ended last season on the team. He's fine. They made a trade with the Twins to acquire a new third baseman and a new shortstop and a new catcher, and they're all just fine. Meanwhile, this morning, the Blue Jays traded for Matt Chapman, one of the 10 best third basemen in all of baseball. And best I can tell, the Yankees, by signing Rizzo, are out of the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes, and it seems that the Red Sox, who also need a first, uh, first baseman, are one of the leaders in the clubhouse to sign him. So, Greeny, what I'm telling you is, I think the Yankees, at least as we stand today, are the fourth team, the number four team in the American League East. I think the Yankees are the fourth best team in the American League East, and given that they've fill, uh, filled in a lot of their roster so far, it's not obvious to me how much better they're going to get. I think this team's in real trouble considering how strong that division is. How do you feel about that, Nuno, my vice president of Yankee fandom? Uh, do the Yankees even play baseball anymore? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, as much as I want to go back at them, if it wasn't for the Orioles, they would be the worst team in the, in the division. And by the way, they like the Nets – and like it looks like the Mets and the Yankees, they will be dealing uh, potentially dealing with a uh, vaccine mandate, which means a, a, some of their players mm. might not be able to play home games, and obviously they can't play in in uh, in Toronto um, based upon vaccine uh, vaccine mandates. So yeah, so uh, let's go Rangers. Well, the most famous of the Yankees is Aaron Judge, 
And for those who weren't following this yesterday, that clearly came to the fore. Let me play you this. Does it have the question on it, Nuno? It doesn't. It doesn't okay. have the question. So he was asked about whether or not he is vaccinated, Aaron Judge, and this was something I hadn't even really thought of. And, and let me in advance tell you that, despite the fact that baseball is an open air game, if you will, the, the Yankee Stadium doesn't have a roof or anything like that that the mandate does apply just as it does for basketball and other arena sports. So Aaron Judge is asked if he is vaccinated yesterday, and boy, oh boy, did he not answer. You know, I'm, I'm still focused on you know, just getting through the first game of spring training, so I think we'll, we'll cross that bridge whenever um, you know, <laughs> the time comes. But right now, like, so many things could change, so I'm not really too worried about that right now. So that makes, yes, I'm immunized, <laughs> sound like the most declarative sentence in the history of mankind. The answer to the question, are you vaccinated, is not, yeah, I'm just kind of really focused on the first game of spring training right now. Now, I, I don't, look, I, I think there is no reasonable way to interpret that except to say he's obviously not vaccinated, right? There's, there's no other way to interpret that, right? Not, there is. If Aaron Judge is vaccinated, he would not have said that. There's just no reason. The, the, the obvious answer to "Are you vaccinated?" is yes. And if he were, and if he were vaccinated and just didn't want to tell us for some reason, he would he would not have said that either. So as it stands today, now obviously these rules could change, like we talked about with basketball. But any unvaccinated player would be ineligible for 92 games. This year, if you're on the New York Yankees, because they have games in Toronto and they have a couple games, obviously, against the Mets. Now, this is a Yankees team that has one great hitter left, and that one great hitter is Aaron Judge. This team finished 10th in the American League last season in runs scored. The Rays, Blue Jays, and Red Sox finished 2, 3, and 4. They desperately need Aaron Judge for as close to 162 games as possible. I don't really know what to make of that. I don't... Look, I understand the vaccine debate is a complicated one in America. I understand that there are perspectives out there that are different from mine. And if there's one thing I've figured out over 30 years of doing this job, it's I've given up on the idea that I'm going to convince anyone they should think differently than they do. So if that's what he wants, then that's what he wants. I guess my question to you is, it's one thing in basketball. In baseball, you can't have a player who's not eligible to play 92 games. Do you trade him? Like, what do you do? I, I don't know how long you expect this vaccine mandate to remain in place. It won't. I would assume it won't be forever, but maybe we shouldn't even assume that. We, sh- we should assume nothing. Assume nothing. And that's why when I said the Yankees are in trouble and we include this part of it, I mean it. The Yankees have... Almost no chance to win their division as presently constituted. Admittedly, this is a team that needed at least one impact bat to begin with. They've, they've added none. Other teams in, in their division are adding some. And their most impactful bat, we suspect as it stands today, will be ineligible for something like 60% of their games. Is, uh, is, is the expanded playoffs going to be 12 teams? Is that, is that what they landed Correct. on? Correct. Six teams per league. So, I mean, in theory, you can... You can Doing the math in my head. You can be fourth in your division and technically and still make the playoffs, right? But that's so unlikely. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, this is, th- these are the realities of the situation. Now, that Aaron Judge story is not going away anytime mm-hmm. soon. And we'll continue to cover it here. Lots to come as we roll on on this very busy Wednesday. Another hour coming up next on ESPN Radio. 
Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.